0: <laughs> sorry something just happened in the chat that we cannot repeat I've um, just I've just shared
1: why I was distracted with the group which, uh, which is use your imagination
0: amazing by the way I have a whole new appreciation for how awesome Steve's wife is <laughs> <laughs> moo and good evening everybody welcome to the pink tron i am brent robinson and with me this evening is craig martin craig what are you drinking
2: i am drinking a tim hortons uh it would not be responsible of me to
0: uh have a beer as i'm going to the rifle range later. yeah do not drink and shoot do not recommend uh with me also is sean fogenberg sean what are you drinking
3: I have a Susete Brewing Company Bulbous Flowers Hazy IPA. Uh, and if I finish that and I'm still feeling thirsty, I've got some uh, some
0: Vego Elote Mezcal. Very nice. And with me also is Steve Pritchard. Steve, what are you drinking?
1: Uh, I'm on an Argentinian Malbec in. Kind of in honor of James Bailey, I guess, but it's not from middle or Alvy, whichever he preferred. Um, so, uh, yes, and I've got, I've put myself a really big glass, which um, may or may not affect my ability to talk coherently during the podcast. We'll, we'll find out.
0: Very nice. And I am, you can't all see my background, but I'm in the world's boringest background of all time for Zoom. And it means I am at work and I have a, uh, three sips of cold coffee left, so worst what you've been drinking ever on the Pinktron, probably. You
1: you do look like you've you've locked yourself in a cupboard to record the podcast
0: as well, so. Yeah, I'm technically in an office, but it's like a co-working space, so there's like no decoration, no nothing. It's about as bland as it gets, so. Anyway, that is why it'll be more exciting if we talk about Zwift Racing, starting with the Herds races this weekend, and Herd Summer Racing League this week we are on three laps of the Innsbruck ring Ooh. yeah so um
2: so this yeah. is amazing um I I mean you know w- way back when we said hey if leg snapper was a segment this would be an awesome route for HSRl and now leg snapper is a segment.
0: Yeah, so three laps of Innsbruck ring. So for those who are new to the Pink Tron or first time joining Herd Racing, some Racing League is our points racing segment where you score points based on your time through each segment on the course, along with approximately a third of the points are for what you where you finish in the race. So on the Innsbruck ring course, this is mostly the flat parts of the Innsbruck um, route. So the two segments are what is now known as the leg snapper. For if you're new to Zwift, that didn't always used to be a segment, but it was so popular they made it one probably six months ago. six months to a year, yeah, yeah. And then shortly thereafter, about one point three kilometers, I think. After there is a sprint segment that's about two hundred meters, and that is also the second time segment. And the total loop itself is about. Seven or eight kilometers, I think. I think the one point six extra is like the lead-in. So, yeah, you're gonna hit the leg snapper about the five k mark, about one point three kilometers later, you hit the sprint, and then you'll go around, and do it again, two more times. And
3: uh, we we got we got a uh, race report from race one from uh, Nate Holm, which was just <laughs> nine barf emojis uh, for the six segments, which you know pretty
0: high barf to segment ratio. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I mean, I think the interesting thing about this now is the change to the pack dynamics changes the tail gun mechanism a little bit, right? I mean, it's still there, but you're, it's not qu- quite as straightforward to slingshot through the group per se, especially coming up to the start of that leg snapper, I'd say for sure. Um, I think you want to yeah. be like closer to the middle than the very back now. <laughs>
3: Especially if gaps open and and there's somebody that you need to pass in the wind. Yeah. Uh, um, I
2: would say on leg snapper, I never really tailgunned right in the back anyway. Like I was tailgunning to the start line. If you wanted, it, you wanted to hit, you were okay with hitting the wind anytime as as it was going up. Um, I, because it's deep you, you know you are going fairly fast, but you slow down quite a lot. Um, and there will be other people, especially in HSRL, there will be other people hammering it that and you'll get draft
1: off each other.
0: Yeah, I usually like to aim to get to like third, fourth, fifth wheel, yeah early in the segment kind of is usually my target on that one but but it, it's about the entrance speed for me.
2: Uh, yeah. more than more than anything else because you you know, we, after the first you know fifty meters of that, you're not gonna the draft isn't the most important
1: thing anymore. Yeah. Very I true. actually think that the, the biggest change on Innsbruck Ring now is the removal of supertuck in groups. Mm. Because yeah. in Innsbruck Ring, you always used to have quite a doable recovery point from the top of the leg snapper through to the sprint segment because you can take immediately at that point. And now if you're in a group, you can't super take. you can't rest as much. And we did this in, well, I've raced this quite recently where these two segments were, were making a difference. And it's just so tough. There's no recovery time. Like, it's really tough to put a really good leg snapper and then a really good sprint back-to-back back on a lap. Um, And I actually noticed how it was relatively hard to gap people on. On the descent, still uh, that that was a, a classic tactic on this one would be super tag up, punch uh, There's a couple of little punchy bits which you have to keep the speed over to keep the super tuck, and you you could gap people quite effectively through to the sprint. And that that seems locked up now with the new pack dynamics, but yeah, it's um, I mean it's about a 15 minute lap um, if you see, and you've got uh about a 70 second segment which is all out into then probably about a 15 second, 20 second mm-hmm. segment which is all out and not very much time between them so yeah it's super tough
0: yeah i think that's very fair i mean i i've lost people that usually seems to be how it goes for me is i feel like i'm two seconds back going across the top of the leg snapper and then i'm five seconds or six seconds back the time i hit the bottom before you go up what's what we sometimes call about halfway from the top to the sprint is what we call the toe snapper which is a little five six percent bump that you gotta like stay on by the time i hit there i'd be like five six seconds back and then it's like oh no now we're getting to the sprint and i can't catch the group so it is like it's tough it's real tough there's no
3: that might actually be the bit that um pack dynamics the new pack dynamics changes the most Yeah, is that that small gaps ballooning over the top because you're not going to have that front bunch uh, gaining as much speed from uh, from everybody kind of rolling through.
2: The super tuck um, churn,
3: yeah. But shoot, yeah, that super tuck churn won't be there. Um, and if you are actually off the back and you can super tuck when there's only, you know, only one person can super tuck per group, basically, uh, you might be able to hold, hold that gap a little better um, going over the top. We'll see if that actually ends up playing out because... You know the people that are two seconds off the back are there because they didn't have the power to push so we'll see
1: yeah this brings me neatly to bike choice so I, I kind of had a an interesting question for you folks actually which was um but is this actually a, a climbing course but it feels like it's a it's a flat course right it's all about sprints it's and you go with the climbing course and i thought that last week as well so i went on for the climb and i ended up missing the group by about 10 meters at the top of the climb so i do wonder should i have gone with so chris has just joined him he's got an amazing uh non-video avatar which is my I, I do i do wonder whether i should have gone with the climb so if i think i'm going to just miss out on making the group do i go with a more climbing bike and this is where that kind of balance comes in and you know we we spoke last week you spoke last week about the differences in the bikes being relatively small but this is kind of where i think you can optimize to if you think you're going to be competitive in that front group it's probably a sprint course isn't it even can you get the venge up the leg snapper quickly If you think you're going to struggle to be in the group, it's more of a climbing bike, isn't it? So I think there's there's so much you've got to optimize being in the group with really here as well. So sadly Chris is down left which um maybe you heard that cutting burn of his um, non-video avatar.
0: Yeah, I hope he I I don't know if he raced he's raced, but I'd love to hear how it went for him. But yeah, I think I mean Innsbruck Ring does feel like the inherent Pink Tron course right like it's yeah. it's both climby and sprinty so um oh chris has said he's got too many inner problems oh that's a shame maybe he'll post some comments and let us know his race went in the chat but um yeah I, I mean you're right if you're a bigger well i mean it's one of these catch 22s on bike choice right oh, you're a bigger person you're worried about the Line, the lighter bike actually makes less difference you might as well take the sprint to your bike and do better on the sprint like that's yeah, the, the the, part yeah. Of it. and and i was just looking
3: uh this is not going to be probably the case tomorrow but the the higher a group you're in i think the more uh the the full arrow matters uh okay. my fastest time up the leg snapper averaged over 20 miles an hour mm-hmm. so Arrow still matters a lot, um, and it, it's probably there's probably not a lot in it um, for bike choice. I think that that it really will be more fitness getting over the leg snapper, um, and then you've got those margins in the sprint that might be might be close. Again, as always, the bike choice probably doesn't make a huge difference in terms of where you finish. No, um, but
2: but like steve said there uh, he missed the group by 10 meters would would something slightly climbier have made the difference of 10 meters maybe maybe not or even the 5 meters to get you back into the draft um
3: so you know but it's possible are you but are you uh faster going back down on yeah you know yeah
2: yep no uh i would say gotron um because Really, this race, especially in HSRL, is about how well can you go up the leg snapper and then on about 20 seconds recovery,
3: do an all-out 25 seconds on the sprint. And uh, that sprint actually is one that's going to likely be more about acceleration, um, which a lighter lighter aero sprinter bike is probably going to help because it's slightly uphill and you're like you often come into that uh pretty slow like you come down that hill but everyone often is fighting for the back like yeah the gas is usually not on when the sprint starts yeah
1: this is really hard isn't it and it's where it was interesting in last week's extra SRL I did to see two people really trying to push in my group to make up to the group ahead. Uh, and one of the guys messaged me, "Is like, do you want to take a turn?" I'm like, no, because I don't think we're going to catch the group. And actually, the value of two or three places is it's not as much as me sprinting much more effectively through the segments and gaining the points there. Um, yeah. That's, Put, putting a thought experiment out there, let's call this the, the, the chow exploitation. Um, mm-hmm. But you could take your climbing bike on the leg snapper. You're pretty much stationary when you get to the top of that. A bike change is on without me, if you've lost the group anyway, you change to your best sprinty bike, come down the hill, ride the spring flat out. So I think there is the option to kind of rest up and uh, really hammer the primes. Uh, I think if you, that's that's only if you're definitely losing that lead group and uh, uh and are happy to sacrifice some gC points for it
2: yeah, I'd say that's beyond lost the front group you you pretty much have to have been dropped
1: by everybody
2: because it, it's it's not that long a race you're not gonna you're unlikely to be a minute ahead of somebody two bike changes and you know you've you've dropped a minute for an extra, you know, maybe two tenths of a second on the sprint.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's really hard to stop there too. Like you I think you're going to have to stop at the toe snapper at best. Yeah. You might carry that frankly, even if you hit the old (laughs) pairing button, like I, I just don't see, like if you're coming through the top of the leg snapper at speed, I don't think you can stop before you hit the descent. No. And even if you come off the pairing button, you're still gonna roll at least to the bottom of the toe snapper, and you might roll through, like it's close. And if you start rolling down the sprint, now you try and stop and you're gonna try and get back up to speed before the sprint, that's tough. So
2: yeah, I, I don't
0: think this is a
2: I, I don't think there's a swap here at all, unless
0: if you are already in last place, you can try it. Yeah, if you're no.
2: already in last place and you know you've on the last. Especially on the last lap. Yep. and I might even I might even go to uh, fastest TT bike at that point. If you're it, you know you're you're almost saying you know, last lap, try and hit the last sprint super hard. That would be go to the TT bike, I think.
3: I like how we're all trying to figure out the way to make Steve's really bad idea work. <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a bad idea don't do it sorry
2: we're, this, we're... This
1: is, genuinely this is the kind of thing that goes through my head in a race if you've lost that first group so kind of you're not not getting great gc points and then usually you're toast i kind of i do think there's an op, there's a strategy which like an offset strategy so we call it like i think hammer the mm-hmm. primes isn't always the best strategy if you put, especially on something like this so i'd be thinking right if i've been dropped actually that front group are unlikely to absolutely smash the third sprint because they will be thinking gc points so if you're gonna yep. if you, if you yep. smash that last sprint it's about two k's in the finish if I, if I remember rightly so that's quite a tough recovery to do like leg snapper is going to be really punchy. Everyone in front group will be thinking leg snap is where the move's going to happen right you're not dropping anyone in that last sprint you're dropping people on that last leg snapper so that's going to be really punchy for that third sprint so i might actually coast the leg snapper or like, tempo the leg snapper not to coast it so i know i've got an okay time in so actually i've got a really good chance if i hook up the sprint to uh to steal some good points off the uh, the guys in the front group or the people who might do this faster time so yeah it's a kind of just weird places my brain goes so uh, feeling hsrl anyway yeah so, i definitely i definitely there's
2: a that made more him. sense that made more sense to the bike
1: swap steve I just yeah. like the idea of the chow exploitation.
0: Thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely think there's like potential room for some margin you made in not going 85, 90% over leg snapper and then killing the sprint. Like, I think there's definitely margin in that because people will be tired. And you, you know, where you might have otherwise been the fifth or sixth best sprinter, you move up to like second or third best sprinter because you're a little fresher than the other guys. Like, that could definitely happen for sure. And, and you where, might... in it,
1: in it, it's where the size of the, the race overall matters as well. So yep. kind I know if I'm, if there's a group ahead of me and I'm in a group, I basically, if I start in the group and I beat the group on that leg snuffer, I know I've beaten everyone in the group time-wise. Right, Like I only have to be start at the back of the group. I'm not really even tailgating. I'm just at the back of the group when I start the segment mm-hmm. and I'm the first over the segment. I've won that segment against everyone else. I don't need to worry about time. So I only... I'm only going as fast as the fastest person wants to go. And then that sprint, I'm thinking, right, I can absolutely hook this out, And then I've got a chance of beating those guys in the front group because it's kind of shorter segment, probably a bit less time. It's a bit easier to be more competitive on short sprints, I think, than it is to be on on that 70-second effort. So that's probably just where I like to ride it as well.
0: Yeah, that, the last lap is going to be, like, Nate's, Given this the puke emojis i can only imagine like you've done leg snapper sprint rest ish like probably no one is pushing it too much leg snapper yeah. sprint okay you going yeah. like you know high zone two low zone three type around the rest of the lap lap three is leg snapper sprint hang on for dear life for two kilometers and sprint again like yeah. it is that last lap
3: will be hard yeah. so and then roll off your
0: bike and lay on the ground for a while. Yeah, pretty I much. Mean, yeah, we've all done it. Like we've had yeah. in ZRl, we've had it HSRL. I mean, it's been in all kinds of different yeah. races. So I mean, everybody's done it. I don't know, three laps. How did new race that would have been? But HWR in February and
3: yeah, was a. I, I think I we feel did like three. That is that the, was three laps. The, yeah. Was it three? Yeah. I think so. Uh, anyway, that that feeling um, of the last bit of that uh, was yeah. just horrible because you're in group. Like, I definitely made a group that was a lot stronger than I was because mm-hmm. I did a really good leg snapper, and just the rest of the race was just brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have very distinct recollections of that bridge and trying to hold someone. <laughs> someone's wheel to the finish line it
1: does make me think back to I think season 2 of Swift Racing League as well which was 3 laps of and then the climb and and actually how cool would that have been in this new pack dynamics because I remember Marieline and I being dropped by the front group we kind of had a group in that and we're like we're just going to we're going to ride together we're going to like we we leave the group up because that churn we just weren't we weren't ever going to make it back on people, and even though we could see they were massively resting up in between, like this is the problem with the old pack dynamics. Like it was like you just need one person to be doing sort of the speed a bit slower than you were doing, and they'd stay ahead. Um, and then this would be really cool, like that. But that, like again, that was brutal. Like that plus the con. All right. So yeah, that would be an interesting route. And maybe we'll suggest it for next Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that i i also remember that too that was pre leg snapper segment days you only had to do it was yeah the sprint just the segment sprints,
3: for yeah. points uh which didn't mean that the leg snapper was easy it did not <laughs> no
0: but yeah you didn't you could just hold the group though you didn't have to try to go for your fastest time it was a little yeah. different it was a little different all right i think that's beating the horse dead of hsrl have fun everybody it's good times i do i do love in the in general i think it's one of the better race courses on like the climbs are good the city stuff is fun like it's one of the better courses on Zift, frankly
3: i uh am likely to jump in and race it but it's it's going to hurt because i haven't been on the bike in two and a half weeks now so might be
0: my first my first <laughs> ride back yep Yeah, that that would be unpleasant. There's a well, we'll get into it. Well, we'll get into it around the horn, but that that refrain is not uncommon these days. (laughs) No, which brings us to herd beginner racing this week is on greatest London flat. I think it's just straight up one lap. It does appear to be one lap. Um, yeah, 15.4 total kilometers. Short lead in, it's not the long lead in. Oh, is it go the other direction? Is that why? Hmm. uh anyway. Oh, it's because it doesn't finish at Classique, that's why. Yeah, it finishes at the British banner.
2: Yeah, it finishes at the uh, the PRL banner.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Greatest London Flat is basically just the city parts of London with the Richmond lower parts, right? That's why I the great test london flat when you come up to the subway
1: doesn't doesn't this have the subway tunnel it does does. yeah so and that god this is super exciting so uh, if you haven't if you haven't done this route in london they um something did which i think they should do more of was super elegantly to um to kind of defy geography a bit You, you go through a tunnel And you end up a lot further away from where you entered the tunnel in London. They 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 play a bit of magic in game there, um, which is great to get you to box and uh On this route, you come back through that on the flat route, but you do hit an escalator, which is 12%, I think, rightly. It's it's something like that. Ah, I think it's even steeper. I think it's it's like 14. 20, 30 seconds if that sprinting up this, and if you can do that. Uh, you'll win. <laughs> Basically, you could you could you could take it away from the sprint there. Even if you've not, if you look at other people around you and you're not a big sprinter, you've got kind of guys who can do big watts who can who can beat you in a kind of flat sprint. It's a really de- decisive point of the race. So if you can do a good effort there, and then try and do tempo to the finish, which I think is only again less than two kilometers. It's quite soon after that, so. Yeah, really decisive point in the race to keep out for. So when you'll enter the wooden boarded area, and then you'll hit some uh, stairs, escalators on that, and just hit that as hard as you can, and try and sustain a bit of an effort afterwards. Um, and that's going to suit you really well in this race. Thing. So it's a good course. Isn't it? Yeah. No. Uh,
2: they, it just makes such a huge difference in time hitting that hard. Um. Yeah. It's hit it hard to, and that should be the start of the. The fun and games for the finish um, yeah and uh, yeah you should be if you hit it hard and somebody else doesn't you'll get a gap and then you should be if, so, if other people don't you know go into that uh, climb flying um, and hit it hard they will uh, they will have a significant gap to try to bridge which will take probably more out of their legs than going hard up that escalator will
0: Yep. Yep. Good tips. Remember, this is our beginner group. So it's D group only, but broken down to subcategories, which will show up as A B C in the race. But those are just subgroups within the D category. So this is D category racers only. And it is a a scratch race, which if you're due to racing and your first time listening to Pinktron, this basically means it is just fastest to the finish. Don't worry about segments. Don't worry about anything else. It's just just a simple race. First guy to the finish line. So yeah, and I think fastest your fastest bike. Like most people who are racing this are no. probably beginners. You're looking at something like Canyon Air Road. If you got a Amanda, is a good choice if you've done that mm-hmm. challenge. No.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not gonna be this Canyon Air Road, but you might road, have it. Cool.
0: It's gonna be better than Zwift Carbon. <laughs> uh I'm not sure it is. Oh yeah.
2: Maybe it is. But uh yeah. Go on I, Zwift I Insider, like, yeah. find, the, find the fastest bike you have access to and use that.
1: Again, this is a a great course to learn some of the kind of fundamentals of Zwift. So we probably talk a lot about uh, on this podcast about um, not using too many watts. It's yeah. only really going to be two, three points on this race where you're going to have to use, I've gone to four now, four points on this race. Uh, nobody expects the Spanish in uh, where you're going to need really big watts. Obviously, the starts in drift races always really punchy. It's going to be thirty seconds to sixty seconds. People trying to push a bit more, try and stay in the group at this point. There's a little climb. Is that Constitution Hill?
0: I I always call it Northumberland Street, but or something like that. There's a little
1: hill where you go past the monument on the right, up to a roundabout, which will be slightly tough climb up that. From there, it's pretty much flat. you you just want to spend the least amount of watts, don't go on the front of the group, And I think you come round into the cut through, and then we hit those aforementioned escalators, big watts there, and then you might need to sprint to finish. So all of those other times, try and be at the back of the group or in the churn, as it were, and using as little as possible. Craig, you're waving at me, have I got the route the wrong way around?
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, you forgot the, so it's the the climb up away from the river, up. you're saying, you were right. Uh, So it's, yeah, so you go along the river, Climb up from the river to the uh, to the roundabout. Um, So that climb is a separation point. Then you'll go through the sub down the 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 first escalator through the subway. Then you'll go up that first segment of Box Hill going into the park. And so that that first segment of Box Hill is a spot where people you know you you might have separation. Then it's the escalator. Then it's the finish. So you're not going to go all the way up Box Hill. You're going to go up the first part of that segment, though, and then continue on straight instead of making the right turn
3: through the 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 Richmond Park segment.
1: Yeah. So yeah, just a rolling this part. podcast for root <laughs> It's It's kind of good because because I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think, as I said, I think it's a really good course for learning the fundamentals of how do I spend as few watts as possible. <laughs> And there's only four or five segments on this course, which are all quite short, where you need to be lifting yourself kind of out of your pain threshold. And then the rest of the time, it's really about how do I ride easy? How do I uh not, how do I stay at the back of the group? Because that's where it's going to be the most efficient. There's some great articles on Drift Insider recently about kind of wasted watts. he's calling it, uh, which I think are really great to read about. How do I, ride as slow as possible and bowser and Oyan, we've mentioned a lot before, always a good at this kind of stay at the back the me so yeah cool course to learn on as well yeah
3: i think that the uh the benefit of being at the very back has been kind of reduced with the new pack dynamics but like definitely figuring out the minimum that you need to do to hold position in mid to mid to like later in the pack in the areas where you don't think that anything is gonna break up uh is is really where you need to put your effort in. So
2: yeah. I mean it I haven't done any big pack races since four point one came out. So that might be the case in a bigger pack, but definitely in the uh you know in the 10 eight to ten rider groups you get in ladder league, um the back is still good the back is still the best spot um because anywhere else you're constantly you you need more watts to hold position you're going to gradually shuffle to the back and if you can stay at the back you can stay at the back at a lower average watts because you're never having to move back up yeah
1: yeah without without using source um to kind of confirm this kind of my my lived experience is that the as you move more to the middle, you're pushed more to the side, which puts yep. you in the wind, and you have to use watts. Um, yep. If you're at the very back, you're you're always in the draft. Right? It may not be the most efficient draft you can be in, but it's kind of. there's certain there's value there. Again, I haven't raced in kind of big field stuff, but we'll we'll leave that one to round the horn as well. So.
0: We should uh, we should just maybe say that this is so it's it's going to be 15.4 kilometers which if you are looking up the route on Zwift Insider or something it is not the whole course it is actually an, an intermediate custom finish just as best as i can put it oops <laughs> as best as i can put it i think it's right at or right after the escalator so huh. <laughs> oh that's brutal yeah so it's showing 16 kilometers is back to the pens. So it's like right in 50.5 is under the river. So it's it's right in that area somewhere. So um, interesting. You might have to do an escalator up. You might not, but watch your numbers. <laughs> watch how many meters are left and time your sprint.
2: <laughs> or it might be the whole route. Watch for Nate's post. Yeah. It's possible he just made a mistake on the distance he wrote down. <laughs> so, yeah. Watch for Nate's post for the definitive. It's just and But watch for the finish line as, as you go.
1: Yeah. So next up we've got our two climbing events, which both look really hard this week. <laughs> which ones are we on to start with?
0: Well, what do we got for order here? Uh... Climbers Gambit. We'll go Climbers Gambit next. So Climbers Gambit is a hill climbing race where the draft is off, and the only thing that counts is your time across a, a king or queen of the mountain segment. Yeah. And This week, that segment is petite, petite climb. K-G-O-M. Yeah, petite K
3: O M. So France. Uh, Chris, Chris has a. Uh named this so this is the beginning of a new four-week series um we do i think we're kind of switching to monthly series uh kind of generally um and he's calling this one the back to school edition uh the previous series was as many like he was doing double and even triple uh, climbs with kind of your total time over the climbs as the um, as your your position, um, we're back to one climb per uh, per race, and yeah, week one we've got petit kom uh, via eleven and a half k of La Raine. Uh so you will finish and have to keep riding up onto a little bit, <laughs> um, but it does give you. Enough time to kind of do your warm up uh, on the, the the lead into the climb. So you go through the intestines uh, out of the gate, uh, and then you've got your your kom, QOM, Um so probably in the five minute range for the A's, up to eight to ten for D's. Um, I think my fastest C time was in the low sixes. Um. So yeah, bike choice. Light TT. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah,
2: I've got a five nineteen.
3: What's the what's yeah. the gradient on this?
2: I think overall average is around three percent, or no, maybe maybe four. But I mean, you've got a whole lot of. Three, you, there's a lot of three and
3: under yeah um it
1: does I, it undulate yeah yeah, totally. yeah it's list. 3.9 average um it's yeah. one of those hills that i find i find tricky for exactly the reason says, because it undulates and I, I i find um that kind of hill just difficult to find the right tempo because i just I, I just like to set a tempo kind of line as best as i can Um, And I think this is one where you're probably going to have to do, like, to do your best time, it's probably a slight kind of over-unders type line, isn't it? Um.
0: Yeah, my my advice is it's pretty flat till you hit the trees going, essentially it goes, I I imagine it like lefts and rights. So it's pretty flat till you hit the trees going left, then you got to go hard. You hit the switchback to the right, and when you're on the switchbacks to the right, it's pretty flat. So you're gonna go back across the right; it's pretty flat. When it goes to switchback back up to the left, steep. Go hard again. Back to the right, you can go thresholdy. Back to the left, go hard again. And then I think that's the last one. I think then you got to finish yeah. it off up the hill. So, yeah,
3: it does. It does end up looking really, you know, flat. Then punch. Then then you kind of back down to threshold, up above, back down
0: to threshold, just
3: like Brent's saying.
0: Yeah, once you hit the cobbles, go for it, and whatever you got left in the tank, do you hit the banner?
3: Drag your drag your uh, heavy TT bike up that last little bit. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of a. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel um, with di- with our with our different kind of sporting backgrounds. Kind of, it's in that six to ten minutes, I guess. I don't know what the fastest guys do at Pivicom, which I find a really difficult duration of time to pace myself and to know how deep I can go. Um, I've been in one to two minutes. I, it's basically feel sick as long as I can until I'm sick. Um, yeah. If it's a 20 minutes of threshold, like that middle period, I just find that, again, really tough to to know how hard I can go. And like sometimes I've done this and thought I could have gone harder than that. And sometimes I've just blown up spectacularly on this kind of, time distance if that makes sense so um don't know how you, you as i say different sporting backgrounds craig and know you a you you were sort of 800 1500 runner as well i guess so probably slightly shorter distance time so
2: actually i was more a uh as a runner i was more a 3000 to half
1: marathon guy but um, oh, so this might be right in your wheelhouse then so <laughs> well I, that's, I, that's
3: not my power
2: that's not my power duration anymore <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I actually have a harder time the longer any effort goes in pacing it uh, because I have a tendency to go like I, I settle into the pain of going over threshold um, and can usually judge like, okay, I've got another four minutes of this. I know how much I can give. Versus trying to hold just over threshold for twenty minutes is like that's hell. Um, or at threshold for an you know forty minutes to an hour, like please no. <laughs> uh, this this like six to the the kind of five to ten minute range is usually really good
0: for me. I think I think something stuff like this. I mean, whatever you're doing, especially with cycling stuff, obviously, but like Swift is so good because you can do like so many different time of efforts and so many different things. So you can like, and then you can look at your numbers, right? Like there it is. Okay, I know I can do 350 watts for five and a half, six minutes. So it's like next time it's like, okay, if I do 350, it's like sit on 350 till you get to like the last 300 meters and then stomp it as hard as you can. And so you can, you can kind of like, Really fine-tune those efforts I find in these types of things. And it's the same with like even your 20-minute effort. Like you're gonna do a lot of 20 minute efforts and you you look, it's like, okay, last time I did 250 watts, I'll sit on 250. And when I get to the last kilometer, I'll try and hit 280 to like sprint for the last 300 meters. And you can just you'll move it up one or two, and you're like, okay, next time okay, I could handle that. So next time I'm gonna go two fifty-five. See if I can do it. And that's that's what I Really enjoy about Swift. It's what I think you can really fine tune, so I get better and better. And I mean, everybody has their own thing that they like. Um, I'm with Sean that I don't want to do like an hour at 250 watts or two hours at 230 watts if I don't have to. But um, you know, so I'm guessing you didn't do the. I'm guessing you didn't do
3: the tourmalay when it was uh an option. Did not. Did not. <laughs>
1: No, I'm with you, and I think that was the biggest difference I noticed when I did um, the climbing training that um, I think Stuart put up for um, members of the herd to do, is that obviously I think I got better and better on the bike, but I think what really helped me was by doing various different types of interval, I then knew that kind of actually I've done this, I had that kind of memory bank saved up, of I've done this 10-minute interval at this much and I know I can do it. So I know I can hurt for that long to do a good effort in this way. So, um, anyway, so we move on to the next climbing event. Sorry, uh, We digress.
0: Mountain Goats is PRL Half, and I believe it's just the PRL Half.
1: Four Climbs I... of Fox. Is that?
0: Yeah, so PRL Half is loops of, essentially, it's London Loop. I think that's the would be the single course but yeah it's around the flat bits of london up to box hill back down through the escalator around the flat bits of london back up the hill rinse and repeat (laughs) yeah 70k essentially
3: with several times up box hill
0: yep and I mean, what I, would I, I mean, I don't know how many people can race race this distance. Like, I guess you're in a group and it's a race at the end. But, um, and to be clear, it's going to end at the mall sprint, I guess. Yeah, this is saying so. Keep that in mind for your finish. That's the one on classic on the red Ricks. But um, what I do like about it is you can kind of pace your climb, right? It's like, okay, I I know I did box in ten minutes. My target is to try and do box in ten minutes four times. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe if you're in a race with people, you got to race them. But realistically, most of these races, you're probably just going to be by yourself. It's all going to blow apart on the hill and stuff. So, yeah, um, that's that's what I remember having ridden both PRL half and PRL full. My target was is like try to go less than thirty seconds slower each time I box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a scratch race.
1: because box, box, box is a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like it is, it is slightly steeper, but it's also a hell of a lot of flat on this cliff. So,
0: yeah, I'd be taking Tron. I think if there's a lot of flat, so but you do want to make climbs, and if you are racing it, you're gonna want to be racing up on the climb.
3: But it's it's a relatively flat climb. So yeah, Tron's a good choice. Yeah.
0: Probably potentially an argument for a full arrow, given how much of the course is downhill to flat. But I'd probably just take Tron. I think there's... I just don't see much margin in, in doing anything else in this one, especially even with that stupid little bump at the top. Like, I, If you've never ridden London and you've never ridden Box Hill, just so you're not surprised by it the first time, after you go through the climb at the top of Box Hill, when you're going to get the weird like overhead camera view, which is actually pretty cool, but then in about 500 more meters, there is like a 12% bump. Be ready. Don't, don't be surprised before you hit the descent. Don't think it's over. You got to kind of be... your game and not get dropped there if you are trying to stay with a group because that that bump has definitely dropped more than um a few people over the years so be ready for that it's also a fun place to do the dropping yeah and if you got any gas left see who you can (laughs) shake off the wheels because if you get especially a three or four you get across up there and one or two people fall off you can definitely race them down the hill yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty much like zero down the hill or cover zone high zone one to zone two on the flats. Away you go, because it is, you know, 69 kilometers. You're going to be pushing two hours I would think before you finish. As best I can tell, it's the full thing. Matt hasn't given any custom finish or anything, so. No, I think uh,
2: Matt said he was going to do all, all routes uh, this
0: season, yep. so yeah, God speed to anyone out there doing it. I ha- I do have the PRL half badge, though. I will say it's not like it's that I- impossible. Yeah,
3: no, I uh, don't have the
0: PRL full, but I-, I also have that one. I wrote it on my birthday. <laughs> oh, happy nuts. birthday! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to Stampede. Stampede is <laughs> the exact opposite I just thought of that. what it was. <laughs> Two kilometers on Neon Flats. We're, so this is week one. So Stampede is back to our, our old points across time on the weekend. So basically the fastest time on this route over all six races, five races we have on the weekend. will get 100 points, second 99, et cetera, et cetera, in each category. So categories A through D. Uh, it'll be your best eight of 10 races will count. And this week is two kilometers on Neon Flats. It's a mass start, so you're gonna see everybody on the course at once. So we're not doing off the the TT escalator thing. So you'll know where at least everyone in your race is, so you can pace off them, which is kind of fun. That's the way Stampede used to be back in the day, and it's pretty much dead flat. Just smash it. I I don't think anyone's gonna be able to do it. In- too flat i think you're gonna see like 220s maybe three minutes is probably a
3: a good bet for a lot of people because yeah. that's that's still fast yeah well, well, 2k it's... is 40k 40kph so you're yeah it will be faster than that but
0: yeah so it's interesting because of course when you said we should do a kilo i wouldn't watch like world champs and stuff like that and and this is the interesting thing to me when they pace they don't pace they go absolutely as hard as they can and and just try and hold on as long as they can and they hit like like they are due to like the winner of the kilo at the world champs i think did like a 58 or a Mm -hmm. 55 something like that like it's just under so he's he's averaging just over 60 kilometers an hour right like a one minute one kilometer from a dead dead stop yeah from a dead stop but they go up to as fast as, I think I saw like 75, 78 kilometers an hour, because they like go like, I don't know, they probably go to like 2000 watts almost out of the hop. Um, And then it's they so just, fun. and then it like drops off. You can just see the like speed tail off down to like, you know, the 60, 58, 55 kph. And they're just holding on, holding on. I don't, I don't actually recommend that. I don't think for this distance, I think it's too far. Yep. <laughs>
3: I think for the kilo that is actually the the best pacing is just like start in a sprint and see what you can keep holding on to but yeah for 2k it's it's you need to pace it some. So uh, oh that's yeah. actually so mass start but does that mean uh everyone is starting from a dead stop? Yep cuz yeah. Okay, I like that. <laughs> yep. Because in, the,
1: really in okay. the... It's one of when... the changes I wish James hadn't made was the mass start to kind of a more traditional time trial and launch at time intervals because the bullseye for me was always something that I think was really cool that you could end up racing against somebody but but not kind of in the draft and those things. So you could like really try and put the hurt on them a bit where you were... <laughs> Sorry, my wife is being very distracting in the background. Where you were... Um, you felt you had an advantage so it was climb or something like that or where you felt you had a disadvantage but two k's is wow like this is again we talked about that time element of i don't know how hard i need to go for this time like in that pity karma find that hard like this is a it's essentially a really long sprint <laughs> we are we are talking about a kind of two to three minute effort and i just i just don't know i don't know how hard i can go for that long. um If I'm I'm absolutely Uh, pushing at the end of it.
3: Probably about as hard as you can go up Hilly KOM.
1: (laughs) Well, this is the the classic test that they do with a lot of pro cycling and a lot of um, uh, what's the word kind of academy cycling and things. They basically get you to go on the bike and go as hard as you can and they Mm -hmm. select those that are able to go so hard that they vomit at the end of it. And and it's not that encouraging people to do that today but this is the That that's basically how hard you're gonna have to go to do your absolute best time in this So
3: I mean that was that was why I was requesting a kilo because that is the the best way to get
0: yourself to bomb it on a bike. (laughs) I tried. Shortest race of allowed is 2k. So yeah, so stampede is back, and that's what we're gonna start out with. This is the uh (laughs) sorry something just happened in the chat that we cannot repeat that might get recorded but
1: um. Uh, I've just just shared why I was distracted with the group which uh, Which is use your imagination
0: amazing by the way I have a whole new appreciation for how awesome Steve's wife is (laughs) (laughs) yeah stampede is back stampede is back Um, let's go all right uh bullseye points race is LaGuardia Loop. Uh we are looking at seven seven laps of sorry, this is saying LaGuardia Loop reverse on the detail. Which I think is right. Which I can never remember. <laughs> which which is the uphill, which is the downhill finish
1: on LaGuardia Loop. Oh, looking at Zwift inside. I think this is downhill?
2: Yeah, I think reverse is the downhill sprint. Yep, it is. Yeah,
3: so. that's that's where you come up and over the little the little yeah. hill,
2: and then yeah, you yeah you get the punch punchy climb up and then sprint down. The nope. other direction, the sprint starts down and then dips up, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think it's that one. It's the, it's the not the hill in. It's the other okay. direction. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because the one that's, I'm just like, so the hill in one is the counterclockwise direction, but the Laguardia loop reverse yes. is the clockwise direction, which gotcha. is the flat. Like you're just kind of yes. like flat, basically, and for lack of a better expression. So
2: basically. this, is, this is reverse. We think. Yeah.
0: That's what it says on the schedule. Well
2: It also says Laguardia Loop on the
0: other schedule. So I know I'm just looking at uh, <laughs> let's see if I can get bullseye. Oh, it's still showing last week. So it's, a pretty,
1: it's a pretty
2: similar course, right? Isn't it? So the they goal, really are. They're yeah. both super fast sprints uh, because you're approaching them downhill. The only difference is that you do have the ability to go a little bit earlier on the counterclockwise one. Yeah. And that's a legit bullseye tactic there.
0: Yeah. I'm going to assume it's this one because they did do the Ford one last series. So I think it's reverse. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's a little more like you just got to sit in and win the sprint. Not, you're not going to be able to beat people up the hill to win the sprint essentially. Yeah. Yep. Seven laps, eight sprint at the thing. Win every sprint fastest arrow. Um, oh yes have any of you been doing bullseye
3: uh since 4.1
1: i've I've done a couple um uh i basically messed up by not moving the rules last time which was on instrument ring so uh didn't realize that the sprint actually mattered (laughs) um uh, and was beating people up the line to knock them out and then boost them across the finish line which I think meant nothing um, so yeah uh,
3: yeah I'm just'm I'm, I'm interested in in whether the new pack dynamics has made any changes in in the tactics for bullseye um, making making break like slightly balancing things a little more toward breakaways and granted bullseye, Uh, fields are not generally super big so uh, might not have that much of a difference but as we get into the fall and winter maybe get bigger fields um, those breakaway efforts may be more kind of more interesting in bullseye as well
1: yeah it's going to be really interesting I think it's for me it depends on the length of the lap as well the kind of the one the one race I've done where where I have seen a successful breakaway was one lap on Paris, the reverse Paris, which I can't remember what it's called. Is it Bucet Express. Um, yeah. Where people went really hard out the pens, and where they'd stay away there. Um, but I've not seen I've not seen many on the kind of longer courses where actually. Kind of the separator hasn't been the separator you'd expect anyway, so you've ended up with a genuine breakaway hmm. and not kind of actually 10 people at the front who are the strongest 10 riders or four people at the front who right. are the strongest three riders.
0: Yeah, I always find it tough to get the breakaway on bullseye because if you even have four other people who know what they're doing, they don't let you get away because they know like each lap matters, right? Like it's not like a race that's like 25k just the finish line where it's like eh maybe we'll drag that guy back we'll let him go it's like I'm only going to have 5 or 6k before this guy's going to be getting a first place point So they don't let you go (laughs) but but, yeah I would be curious to see if anyone makes her stick post in the comments I'm always I'm always interested to see someone make the long solo attack work on bullseye and rake them all in I'd like it's always I I always want to try it but I just can never quite make it stick. I've very much. I've been in races where it's worked. Um, it,
2: it, Brent, do you normally do the last race,
0: or when I've done it, lots of times? I mean, I used to do the middle, of the noon one because yeah, long.
2: yeah, because the the last race with the smaller fields. I've I've seen it a bunch of times, mm. and I think it's just you know a lot of times you end up with you know a, a lead a lead group of four or five. And it's pretty easy to break away from that with a banner attack.
1: Yep. Full size one that I think course choice has so much to so much influence on. Um the, the the genuine tactic if you can hold the A train or the B train and C train, which are really, you know, the category of the group of riders that are one group ahead of you, if you can hold that slightly longer than other people, then often that's a great advantages Just remember years ago I mean, Holding on to the, the B train angle and kind of although doing less watts kind of because you sit maybe you you, you went you just over up those first plus the line points and there, do that it
0: Yeah, for sure. Good. Well that is the week of herd racing. So um enjoy your races, everybody. Let's our uh, around the horn topic is gonna be uh tales from the summer that has passed it is now past labor day we're well into september i know other parts don't get in a heat wave here it is very fall feeling i can tell you that right now um so uh let's uh, let's uh who should we start with let's start with uh sean sean what have you been up to for the last two and a half weeks you've been in the podcast the last two and a half weeks or what fun summer bike adventure did you get up to
3: yeah so uh my I was pretty sure I was going to be losing some fitness because I I was uh going to be gone for a couple weeks on vacation, but the vacation was at Burning Man, and uh, turns out that for the first several days of that, I was on the bike a lot, uh, and getting, you know, maybe not the miles, but the time in, yeah, <laughs> uh, riding at four miles an hour, uh, all over, um, and then. Had a few days of uh, not being able to ride around because we were stuck in mud, and it re- would have been really nice to have one of Craig Martin's uh, fat bikes. Uh, although even then, it just it just uh, cakes the mud on, and you just can't go anywhere. So, uh, hopping on the bike this weekend is is going to be an experience. Uh, hopefully, not a terrible one. <laughs>
0: good good uh craig you are training for a big event happening not this weekend but next weekend
2: yeah so i mean that's uh for uh bmx that's our provincial our provincial final for the provincial series so yeah you take your points from the for us it's the best four of the seven races one at every track in ontario and then double points at the final and yeah i've uh through the lot of it, I've somehow ended up with a a chance at uh, earning a number one blade out of it for you know forty one to forty five year old intermediates. Let's be uh, let's be quite clear about exactly uh, how narrowed down this plate, number, number one. one this number one is. But uh, yeah, no, for at my level, I'm I'm having a lot of fun. We've had some a couple races with nice big fields, and uh, yeah, th- things. Things happen quickly so it's a it's a fun it's a very fun kind of racing
0: and if uh you are interested in bmx go onto youtube and put in Nepian bmx n-e-p-e-a-n and look up craig's videos he's got wicked fun videos of him crashing he's got <laughs> uh some good videos of him doing quite well as well so yeah. and he talks through some of the races and stuff which is actually super interesting if you're into like a little bit of bmx tactics and stuff like that from a you know not olympic level stuff but really good high level interesting racing too so
3: i'm guessing you the crash videos are the ones that have the most views they very much are
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's some good spills in there <laughs> uh i so. haven't
2: put i haven't put anything of my worst crash yet on for the one from last year that was pretty gruesome
0: yeah did you share that one in the chat cuz I think I remember I did, seeing that yeah. and it was like woo, don't look too close. Yeah. <laughs> uh bike crashes are interesting. I would say fun.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
0: I mean th- that was okay. I was I
2: was actually back on the bike in 8 weeks but it, it was a fractured shoulder. Oof. No it fun. Just, yeah. I was lucky in how it went.
0: Good. So let's good luck to Craig next weekend. We hope you uh have a really good race and bring home that number one plate. Steve, you've been out uh doing some sort of ridiculous touring sort of thing that's left you with a big wet jersey in your hotel room.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're um we're away with the family at the moment, which is my in laws. So obviously I've taken the bike to escape the in laws uh for some time today. Um so yeah, I've been cycling around Wales, I think. It, it, it's fascinating. James shared with me some data um, from Drift. So they're still in August where kind of it's sunny, right? So most people are doing IRL rides. They still had 20 events. that had over 250 entrants on Drift, which is really cool. And I think that's the, whilst kind of it's nice being out in the summer and I think like everyone, I've done a lot of rides and trying to be out riding more because riding outside is really, really nice. Um, even when you're sweaty um and then get covered in flies because that, that's most of riding outside isn't it um but yeah it's, it'll be it's going to be fun to look forward to getting back to it i think um uh talking to james i think there's big plans to kind of make the community events work more to get bigger fields to kind of have a more central sensible roster um and we talked a lot Tonight, about kind of big field sizes and the pack dynamics, actually making the indoor racing really fun. So, in, so in a perverse way, I'm actually really looking forward to kind of what October and November bring in terms of big fields and, and how Swift is going to change as well. So, oh uh, yeah, it's exciting, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'd be really curious because I don't know. I mean, first off, I mean maybe they're getting more Southern Hemisphere winter people. Who knows? Which would be good. Um, but I, I know. Like I don't know every part of the world, but for example, here I know there's been days I haven't gone out riding because there's smoke's been brutal from forest fires and stuff. And if you're in I and mean, maybe you've got AC and it's been 43 degrees outside and some parts of the world in a heat wave, in which case indoor looks even better at that point too. So I, it's it's funny the way weather can can just the you know, Zwift is always the same in, in the weather conditions anyway. <laughs> so um yeah, I've I've been not doing so much hsrl i should be frank this go around because i've actually spent a bunch of time on my mountain bike on the weekends in august i've got out we uh did like uh we got my wife out we would like a Banff to canmore circle loop which we oh, wow. mistimed a little bit um and then had to take a shuttle back to the top of the thing. We took a trail called the Goat Creek Trail, which starts at a trailhead kind of up above Canmore. And then it's a mostly downhill mountain bike trail into Banff. And then there's something called the Legacy Trail, which goes back out of the Banff National Park to the town called Canmore. But that town called Canmore is at the bottom of the road up. And like it was dark and it was, it's about a five kilometer a 10% grade type of hill to get back up to the trailhead. So we opted to call a taxi shuttle to shuttle us back up to our car at the top that day but that was nice i did a big um i did a big day out at a place called brag creek west brag creek which has some is a big mountain bike place around here and did some my old favorite routes and then i did like a bit of an explorey day didn't quite maybe look at the route quite close enough and ended up on like some 28 27 percent grade hills that i ended up walking my bike up but you know Ran to a bunch of cows, rode through some mud, saw some different things, saw some nice views. So it's been good to get out on the mountain bike. I didn't get to do as much of that in July as I would like because some other things, not Swift related, but um, that's kind of what I've been doing in the summer, which has been great. Mountain bike. I've really moved, whether I'm not training for triathlons, off of like the road riding on the mountain bike stuff. For, I mean, you don't have to worry so much about cars and getting. Trapped so much like you do small loops and you have to walk down off the hill it's only a two kilometer walk not a 20 kilometer <laughs> or 80 kilometer walk if your gear goes all sideways so um yeah lots of good outdoor stuff but yeah looking forward Zwift's coming back we got zrl Who are we all on a zrl team maybe not craig craig's not steve are you doing zrl yeah i am i think it's oh boy
1: the instant Craig shook his head as well. For me, this is kind of do or die for ZRL. I think mm. actually, Ladder League, and know we talked about that a lot last week, um, is giving me a lot more of what I want from racing than I think ZRL ever has. There's a lot more of a team element, and it's that whole kind of every, every rider matters. Like I spent, mm. I, I've never done a ZRL where I've been in one of the top kind of 20 riders in my category mm-hmm. where I can re- really feel like I'm really involved with the race. So had some great experiences with ZRL, had some great like, experiences with friends I've made through with on ZRL, but I think actually the format, that's kind of despite of the format because of it instead of because of it. So, yeah, will be interesting to see how it goes this time. Uh, it, it may be the last time I do it, but yeah, look, looking forward to it and looking uh, forward to seeing how it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean the numbers are still good, as best as I can tell. They've got about eighteen thousand. What did he just say? And the- did anyone see the last Facebook post?
2: I don't know. I mean, I haven't talked to Roe. Um, I don't know where we're sitting for teams, but I, yeah, it does. It does feel like herd is a little bit
0: lower on teams than we have been in the past. Oh, maybe he said we've added a hundred new riders, though. Wow. Or, or he was at 91 at last in yep. the ZRL group. He was hoping to yep. get to 100. Um so we we have added some riders for sure. Yep. Although I think we are I say that knowing that I think we've beefed up some teams that might have been like six people teams, and now it's like actually maybe we better have 10 people teams because well, I, people I think, don't make it.
2: I think there's a bunch of te- a bunch of people that were on teams that have dropped off too. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't know how much of that ninety riders is turnover and how much is new is yeah. for increase. But uh yeah, that's that's good. And yep. I I mean we are kinda written down on Zwift Insider as one of the places to go if you want to look for a team and you're not part of one. So I mean that that's some of why we attract people like that. Um I mean we've yep. had We've had some issues on who gets attracted in the past, but uh people that don't fit usually shuffle off pretty quick. So Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah WTRL is advertising 1800 teams and eighteen thousand racers again for this upcoming season. So so it's uh you know, it's still big. I mean, it's so funny though, like you end if... up in races, and I always call it, like Zwift Race. I think we talked about this last time, like Zwift. Oh no, it was on a chat. Zwift racing is like the weirdest small town in the world. Like you just yep. run into the same people over and over again, especially yep. in the same category. It's like, oh, hey, guy, like
3: same category, same time frame, like yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: I'm
3: I'm definitely excited to see how. I mean, this is going to be the beginning of adding scratch races to, ZRL, a uh, couple of scratch races, couple points races, couple TTTs, kind of a more even distribution of point collection uh than we've had in in past seasons yeah um don't know that it'll necessarily change things a ton but I, I do know that there are some people who race a lot better if they're you know saving everything for one big finish line push than trying to meter their effort over a bunch of different segments and yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah well and there's a i guess just a few other things right like I, I the categorization and stuff like that like they're using your z map pace group and stuff like that but they're also are they not going to start working in some of the points the racing points stuff i can't quite they're, figure out what they're doing with
2: it so i mean this is they probably don't, probably, don't know either
0: yeah well,
2: so this is everybody's biggest complaint about ZRL is their communication, right? Um, so we don't know what they're doing. It, it feels like maybe they don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I've had some pretty large disagreements on you know, some of their rule set in the past where you know, they've faced, anyway, they face anyway, they've highly normalized and incentivized uh, sandbagging um and basically punish people that don't sandbag mm-hmm. is and punish teams that don't encourage people to sandbag because if writers get promoted they you can't add that you don't gain a writer a rider slot to add and they don't gain a team slot to go up to the next category it's it's yeah they've uh as they've adjusted the rule set over time, it's, it's gotten worse and worse as far as that goes. Um, Yeah. I mean, we pushed to change the points format that they used in season one. Um, But what they created, you know, was probably even more front rider focused than what they had in the first place. Uh, Yeah. Just, they've, They've gone the opposite direction when we when people have that I would have wanted every time that they've made changes based on feedback. So
1: I think you uh, hit the head last week, Craig, is it was it, it still feels like it's a format that's so based on having one or two really good riders. Yep. and they're gonna win all the points for you and kind of you've got a team that does that, and especially if those riders are um very skilled at being at the top of their category, should we say? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily sandbagging, but they're just very skilled at staying there. Then that works really well for the team. And kind of, I don't know, there are obviously people who are happy to ride in those teams, but kind of that, that's not me. I kind of I love the fact that I've seen ladder league write ups where it's the person who's finished ninth instead of 10th that yep. has won the race for the rest of the team. Like that's the no. But, uh, that feeling that everyone contributes in a race, like it's that, that that's what I think makes it great. And I think the yeah, it's um I'm not convinced that scratch racing helps that really. No, no. Well yeah, not with great.
0: the scoring format they left in, like the scoring no, format's yeah. the same. Yeah.
2: No, I, they they haven't changed it to make everybody matter any better. Um and yeah, the the races that they choose and the format there, there isn't really much that riders that aren't your top riders can do to make a big difference.
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, they, they had the, the idea in the previous season that then totally fell apart. The like segment battle points where it was, you know, the, the number ones against the number ones, the twos against the twos across every team. And you're like, everyone's fighting for points. all the way down but that that didn't work and is gone again so it's
1: always felt with zrl and maybe this is WTRL's fault that they're kind of they're thinking of cool ideas before they speak to the people who know how the API works like (laughs) oh wouldn't it be great if we could do this but we, we don't spit out that data so and and i think I actually think what works really well about the herd racing leagues is that's that's always been driven by what data can we get from drift inside, sorry, drift power or something like that when we get the results and how do we make a full format of that. And that's what the latter League kind of are doing. I think that's ultimately, this is this is the problem with the ladder League as well as it's very reliant on drift creating races for them. Um, but they've kind of gone, what can we do? From the format we've got. So we saw recently the triple header, which was two sets, well, two mm-hmm. sets of two races effectively. That would have been really cool if it was a three way, genuine three way race. So three teams competing yeah. against each other in one race. But the system couldn't do that. So they went, we're just going to do what the system can do. And rather yeah. than trying to go, oh, we'll do the thing. Oh, actually, it doesn't oh, like we've got a bit of a glitch. Oh, no, we just upset everyone. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's an interesting, an interesting time for those people organizing races. Anyway, we should talk herd races and positive things. Because I think I think I'll come back to you. I think that's what the herd races do really well, is that everyone at their heart is going like, what can we do with the constraints that we've got of the system to make really cool races? And I think genuinely across all of the races we talked to, about tonight, if you have time to do all of those races, they're all really cool races from, from the herd beginner racing series. Like, that's a cool course. That would be a fun. I'd I'd love doing that as see against a bunch of other seasons. we'd have a great race on that too the climbing course on four laps of PRL if I had time to do so many days and and wanted to be sick after doing four laps of box then that sounds like a really cool race so there's genuinely lots of options of fun things to do
3: uh speaking of really cool herd things I think I and this is me being out of the loop and then coming back in and maybe seeing a thing and was there a uh, kind of save the date put out for club championships?
0: Yeah, we did talk about that last week. It is okay. October yep. 25th and November 3rd, I think.
3: Yep. Yep. I'm excited.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think the, the the basic concept, not that we'll hash it over as much as we did last time, but the basic concept is we're going to spread it out a little bit more than we have had in the past, but it's still going to be a lot of races over a couple of weeks.
1: There it the, the the question I wasn't sure about listing last week, so is this now two counting weeks effectively? So the, the, the trouble with the kind of doing all of the events was that the kind of the weekend gets very busy because a lot of our events happen on the weekend. and. And I feel if there were two scoring weekends, if that makes sense, then I could do kind of some of the events one weekend, the remaining events in the other one.
2: Yeah, so I think it was specifically some events are one weekend and other events are the other weekends. And I think, Brent, tell me if I'm off base, we were going to keep Stampede the same across both weekends and you can fit that one into either or something like that. I can't recall. I that. thought
0: it was climbers gambit was gonna climbers play. gambit.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Yep. So, oh, so a little bit of flexibility, individual flexibility on choosing which week there, but the rest of it I think is all going to be still do that race. It's just yep. a little bit more spread out. Assuming that there are some people still doing other races, like ladder league, like whatever.
0: Yep, And it will it should, I think if I remember correctly, it's going to like fit around the transition from HSRL to HWR, right? So like the, it's like the last week of HSRL is the first weekend and the first week of HWR is the second weekend.
3: Okay. So, so no, uh, heard autumn racing experience this year.
2: Uh, no, actually that is going to happen. Um, okay. Yeah so i i think we i don't know whether we'll call it autumn racing experience or whether we'll do something else but uh yeah so i think uh going to take a break i'm going to i'm going to run that series for for that period of time and then uh, and that's going to lead right into the herd club championship cool
0: okay yeah i guess i called hsr i guess it will be the last we get the H.E.R.D. Autumn Racing.
2: If we call okay. it that. We, we we haven't actually fully decided that piece. We could still just call it HSRL or
1: something else.
0: Maybe, maybe we won't call it the H.E.R.D. October Racing Experience. That could be problematic. <laughs> 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 I didn't say it, but you're all thinking it now. Baby, on that note, we will say thank you to Steve Pritchard. Thank you to Sean Fogenberg. Thank you to Craig Martin. We hope thank you to everyone who has listened. Thank you to everyone out doing the herd races. Enjoy your races this weekend, everybody. Moo and good night.
2: Good night. Good night.